What does it feel like to be a junior girl in the British downhill racing scene with your eyes set on racing in the world champs? How do you even get to the position to consider entering World Cup races as a privateer? And what is the secret to overcoming fear? All will be revealed in today's episode with the awesome Molly Ruskin. She's a 16-year-old downhill mountain bike superstar. I love chatting with Molly and I really believe that you'll love this episode too, no matter what your age or riding ability. But just before we do that, don't forget to head on over to the Girls on Wheels website and subscribe to the newsletter, where you can keep in the loop about upcoming guests and episodes and be in with a chance to get involved. And please give the pod a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Girls on Wheels Podcast and check out the pod's number one supporter, Shawnee at Shred Lucky Girl. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome to another episode of Girls on Wheels. Today I'm joined by Molly Ruskin. Um, Molly got in touch with me on Instagram and said that she was loving the podcast and would love to be a part of it. So welcome Molly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, happy to be here. I'm really excited to hear from you. So um, for people that like don't know who you are, um, do you want to sort of like explain a little bit about your your world and how... Yeah, how you got into mountain biking and stuff. Yeah, of course. So obviously, like I said, I'm Molly Ruskin. Um, I'm 16 years old and I've been properly riding bikes now for a few years. Um, My dad actually got me into it because he's been riding bikes for ages. He's pretty ancient, so he's been riding bikes since the sport really began. (laughs) Um, How old is he? How old is my dad? he said he's 46 but he's lying to the audience he's about 80 um that that is not ancient molly when you get to near your 40s you'll realize that when you were younger you're like oh i'm so sorry for calling everybody old <laughs> no the only okay, sorry i, I interrupted you that <laughs> it's all right um so yeah and um last year i started racing well, I did my first race back in 2021. It was a Pierce Cycles race. Um, kind of got me into the um, got me into the sport. And my my dad actually told me that if I do well in that race, then he'll see it getting me a downhill bike, which is really what I wanted to do. Um, and obviously, cool. I impressed him. So I I got myself a downhill bike, which I was really happy about. And then I spent this year racing, basically. Which, well, last year racing, which which has been awesome. That's so cool. So. You're 16 now, and um, you said you've been racing a few years, like riding a few years. So how old were you when you started? Well, I first started when, oh God, I was quite young. I think I was uh, around 11, like when I I started doing trails. I started on like um, just uh, hardtail specialised, stuff like that. Um, And then I kind of dipped in and out of it for a bit, like when I went to school and stuff like that. And then... um, uh, we do like yearly trips to Morzine, um in the French Alps. Okay. So I kind of um, would only really ride then. Um, and then I like properly got into it um, as a sport. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So your dad was a big influence in your... Yeah, yeah. No, biking. my dad was, a, dad was a big influence. Um, he takes me to all my races. Uh, one of my biggest supporters, definitely sits out in cold rainy fields in Wales watching me come down the hill <laughs> not so impressed sits in a moto for hours when I'm up on the hill having fun um so yeah big influence oh, that's that's dedication that is isn't it yeah he's a very dedicated man to my racing I'm very lucky that's so cool so you picked up a bike when you were 11 um yeah and went out to Morzine as you do <laughs> I love that. Um, when at, at 11 years old, like I'm really interested in learning how, how it is for like young people to get like young girls in particular to get into yeah. mountain biking, like as a, as a serious sport. Cause obviously people ride bikes just as like a hobby, but you yeah. know, when you're racing, you sort of are taking it more seriously. So when you were that age, like who, other than like your dad, obviously being really supportive, who, what else was going on in your life in terms of biking? Like, was it? Well, was I it had your a world? really like good. How, how, yeah, yeah. So I had a really good like um, group of friends that rode bikes, and I, I'm still friends with them now. So I kind of grew up with them, and they definitely like pushed me quite a bit. 
but for people okay. getting into bikes at a young age like especially girls I think when I was younger I always used to be so stressed about what everyone else around me is doing and what other people on the hill are doing and what people think of you and honestly like I know for me now, I also still struggle with it, but I always get really nervous that everyone's judging me and how I'm riding a bike. But honestly, then you just overanalyze your riding and it puts you off, especially at a young age. Because if you think that you have everyone's eyes on you and that everyone's like judging the way you're riding, it really doesn't matter because nobody's a perfect rider. So the people who are judging you will also have things that they need to improve on. So I think if you if you take to heart what people think so much then it will just affect your confidence in your riding and especially now people getting into the sport like they're getting good at like a younger and younger age so there's really like there's no start as young as you can basically just get into it and it doesn't matter what other people on the trails are doing as long as you're having fun on a bike that's all that really matters yeah that's such good advice and I guess did you feel like do you feel pressure now to you know perform if you like well yeah obviously everyone yeah I think everyone no matter it doesn't matter if you've got 100 sponsors or one sponsor or no support or sponsors whatsoever I think everyone still feels pressure to ride and I know this is going to sound ridiculous but obviously I race now and I hate people watching me when I'm racing and I know that sounds ridiculous because obviously I'm (laughs) a racer and people watch the racing but I always um I've definitely got to the point now where I don't care about it as much but I used to care so much like I like I said earlier about like people watching me race and stuff like that and it would distract me from my actual racing because I just cared way too much about what people think but honestly if you just focus on yourself and your own riding it just it helps you massively and the improvement's huge so yeah yeah that's great advice um so your first race series then was Peer Cycles yeah so the first race I did was at Bringewood it was their last race of the 2021 series I raced it on my specialized stunt jumper and I I had so much fun it was amazing um it, I was I was quite nervous and I didn't really know what to do but I had some really good like um people helping me out throughout the weekend like um like my good friend Anna Cray she never left my side during the race weekend really helped me um so it's really good and I feel like in this sport um if young girls want to get into racing and stuff like that honestly just do it because there's such a small group of us especially at nationals that we all get on so well um like the the age gaps are huge but we all still get on really well and we're all really really supportive of each other so you should never worry about lack of support because uh all the girls always support each other so yeah yeah that's great so for the people out there that don't really have a clue myself included um when you like how is how does the race format work then because like I'm you know I don't race properly yeah I see like fun races fun events and I might one day decide to just do a few of them but I don't really know how the race system is structured in the UK for people so can you like how do we how do you like yeah how does it work Molly? Yeah, so for downhill races, basically you show well, you usually show up on the Friday in the evening. Uh, track walks open in the afternoon for you to do your track walk. You do your track walk in the evening, kind of plan things out. Um, and then there's an option on the Saturday morning to go on another track walk in the morning if you feel like you need it or if you didn't get there on the Friday night. And then all day Saturday is practice, which is really good because it means that you can take a break when you need. Um, you can yeah. do as many runs as you want. You can do as less runs as you want. It just kind of depends on how you're feeling. I know the last, well, I think the last hour is kind of dedicated to elites just so they have more time on the track. But um, but that's about it. And then on the Sunday, of course, is race day. In the mornings, you have more practice um, and then racing starts um, Sunday, kind of 11 o'clock-ish upwards. Um, so that's how a race um, race weekend works, and it's planned out really well because it means you get lots of practice in. Yeah, cool. So in terms of um, like the the structure, I can't even think what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like, God, you'll get like this one day where you're just like there. <laughs> um, so you say nationals. So how do you qualify for nationals, for example? Like, is there a certain race series that you have to enter and then do you get points and then you qualify? Like, how does how does all that stuff work? 
Yeah, so nationals in um, the UK, you don't really have to necessarily qualify for them. It's just kind of when you feel like you're ready. You have to be above the age of 30. Okay. I know that one. But um, but yeah, you don't really need to qualify for a national. It's just kind of when you feel ready. But for anyone who's just getting into it, I really suggest the Pierce Race Series because they're a really good starter okay. to see where you're at. Um, but yeah, right. the national tracks um, obviously step it up a little bit. Um for how difficult they are and stuff like that so it's just kind of when you're ready and when you feel like you can you can push yourself okay so you'd say the Pierce race series uh race is it a series yeah so they do they do a few race yeah Pierce race series over over the course of a year so okay so that's a good like um tester for your ability to see if you can yeah so I did I did um trying to think how many I did last year I think I did three last year um I ended up winning the overalls which was super cool um but yeah Pierce Pierce race series are just really fun and they're not as pressurizing as nationals because I feel like if you go straight into nationals they're quite nerve-wracking but if you go if you go Pierce race then you don't really put the pressure on yourself as much and it's more fun vibes and Pierce definitely deliver the good vibes on a race weekend so Pierce are always really good to um to start if you want to get yourself into them. Yeah, that's um that's really good. Like what I've watched some of your vi- videos, Molly, and I'm just like, oh my god! Like, seriously, you. you're amazing. I was just, thank you. I'm like, geez, like you know, when I was no, definitely wouldn't have been doing that when I was 16. But I just, <laughs> where do you get your bravery from? Like how? How does someone go from, you know, starting to ride your bike at 11 to five years later, flying off that drop at Dovey, that massive thing? Like, how do you, how is that built up? I think it takes a lot of progression. And the thing is, for me, sometimes I do struggle with confidence. My dad knows that for sure. Um, And I think like that, like things like that Dovey drop, I think, for for people watching my videos don't like I I got it and I'm so happy I got it but don't be deceived because it did take me a few run-ups so I think that's always the way in mountain biking is you watch all these videos of people doing crazy stuff and you forget that they also have confidence issues and they also struggle to send themselves over it straight away and I think for me especially when I'm racing it's really weird so I'll, I'll do a track walk and there can be the tiniest little thing on track, but every single race, my brain will decide on something that I just cannot get over. I can see my dad's yeah. head in the corner and, um, and it would just be one thing and it'll be the most ridiculous thing ever. And it will just play on my mind for way too long and it will affect my race weekend. And I'm like, I'm not quick enough until I get this out of the way. I can't do it until I get this out of the way. And then I think way too much about it, overanalyze it, end up crashing on it. And then the cycle just like repeats itself. So I think if you don't, over I, I know it's really difficult not to overanalyze things because you yeah. always start second guessing yourself and thinking can I actually do this and the thing is if you looked at it and like second guessed it then just just do it honestly I know it's like I I firsthand know how difficult it is just to do yeah. it but it's one of those things where if you take far too long on it you'll just be like thinking about it again and again and again and a feature something so small can really affect your race weekend I remember my first national oh no, my second national at Riola, there's this kind of um, drop into a corner and it's no worries. But I looked at that on chat walk and I went, I'm going to go over that corner. First time I hit it, I went over the corner <laughs> Did because you? I'm very good at judging what I'm going to do um, like straight away. And then it puts me off and then I end up doing it because I've thought about it. So I think if you just yeah. like, just try not to think about the worst outcome that you can receive and just go for it first off because going for it first off will be so much better than spending your whole weekend building it up on it yeah and that's really interesting you say that because I can relate to that and I'm sure lots of people that are listening will relate where you just get something in your head and that's it it won't go out of your head and and for me I mean you know it, it certainly wouldn't be a track at Riola because I'd I would die. I'd be taken away in an ambulance. <laughs> never underestimate Probably yourself never be... before you try it. Oh, Molly, I, I I know I know my limitations, <laughs> and I'm happy. I'm happy to push myself a bit, but yeah, there's certain things that I know that it it wouldn't be fun for me. It would yeah. be terrifying. But yeah, you get 
if someone says to me at the start of a trail, oh, just watch out for that bit. Yeah, you're thinking all about I think it the about whole way down. Is, is that bit. What's that bit? What's that bit? And then yeah. that bit probably won't be anything. But because I've been thinking, oh, that bit, that bit, that bit. Yeah. I'll then get to it. And then I'll get off my bike and walk down it. And I'm like, why am I doing this? And because it's because someone pointed it out to you as well. And then you're like, oh, do they yeah. not think I can do it? Is that why they're pointing it out to me? And you just start thinking all these outcomes. Yeah, it's it it definitely so that's really good advice about getting it out of the way because otherwise yeah. you'll fixate on it and just it will just yeah, it will be in your head. And like you interesting that you said, Oh, I'm gonna go over that corner and then you did. It's like you Yeah. You told yourself and then that's what your body did. Yeah, wasn't it? if you it's if like, you tell oh, yourself go. it's gonna happen, then then it's gonna happen, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that's really good to hear that from you as well, because people could look at like your Instagram and stuff and be like oh my god you know and have this false view that perhaps everything that you go to you do it straight away but it's really good to remind people that it could have taken you a whole day to pluck up the courage to do it you could have you know gone up to it a few times not doing yeah. it, that sort of thing and I think it's good yeah, to no, remind completely. ourselves that yeah I remember the it same. was my second time at Dovey and um and I really wanted to do it and my little brother Henry Ruskin did it check him out on Instagram he absolutely sends it he's awesome um he had done it how old we, is he and he is 11 I think uh. 11. he's 11 anyways he's awesome um but I bet yeah, he thinks I you're ancient Molly sorry I'm interrupting <laughs> you but... <laughs> so, oh, I um, bet he does <laughs> And it took me so many runs to get over it. And when I did, like, the happiness you feel on it, like, it's insane. Like, the buzz that you get from finally hitting something that you wanted to hit is just amazing. And having, like, the people around you, like, celebrate and whatever. But, like, the best advice I can give someone is that if the people around you are putting pressure on you to do something in the wrong amount of time like for me I I did that with my little brother and my dad and they like they put no pressure on me and I did it in my own time and I got myself over it but I feel like if you're with someone and they're like come on just do it come on we want to get riding then you're like right well no I can't take my time on this feature uh, which is what I need and you're being pushed by someone and you're like just give me my own time so I think that's definitely like if you're being pushed by people that you're riding with I suggest maybe like coming back to it a bit later when you're not with them because then you can take your time and really make yeah. sure you're not like being pushed to do it because if you're being pushed to do something then you're more likely going to crash than if you're just doing it because you want to really yeah totally yeah that's really sometimes people can they mean well don't they but it just yeah puts yeah but it just doesn't, much pressure doesn't come and... across right yeah yeah that's great advice so yeah, I was asking you how you plucked up the bravery and then yeah, so you said nationals you can you can if you think you're ready as a young yeah. person you can put yourself in for the races. Um Yeah, completely. So, and you get what categories are there for because I know there's a big issue isn't yeah. there around female categories. Yeah, yeah, there is. So I know the categories for female this year they've been split last year I mean they were split up so it was juvenile and youth woman which is 13 to 16 and then junior woman which is 16 to 18 now obviously juvenile and youth are separate category in the boys but there's just not enough girls to split up completely but I think it's really good that they have split up the categories because otherwise you've got like this 13 14 year old who's new to it racing against the 16 to 18 year old who could be a world cup rider so I think it's really good that they split up because it just gives more people an opportunity to shine through compared to older people in that category yeah makes it a bit of a fairer yeah fairer yeah completely. Really. so in these categories then if you sort of win them is it is there like a a thing where if you win this series, you then qualify to go to the, what is it? What is it above nationals? Well, above nationals. I'm sorry. I'm to... showing my. It's fine. It's fine. I'm here to learn after um, Molly. <laughs> so after you do nationals, you can either go race in Europe or you go up to world cups. Um, 
So basically there's a there's a point system through British Cycling and you gain points from races and you can apply for a GB jersey to go race um, World Cups and they they kind of give you a little bit more support if you're not on a team or something because privateering is expensive when it gets to World Cups. Um, So that that really helps. Um, So you can apply for that and they can I don't know the exact amount of jerseys they can give out. But, um, yeah, they can give out a few jerseys and it can help you get to World Cups and stuff like that until you get scouted and picked up, um, which is really good. But if you if you aren't really looking to go to World Cups yet, then IXS rounds are quite good. So IXS rounds are out in Europe, they're in Italy and Germany and a few other places. Um, they're really good for helping to improve because the tracks definitely get a lot more tricky as you go out to Europe. Because I remember I raced a French national this um last year i keep on saying this year and um, last year and the track was like a <laughs> quite a difficult track and it was like moving up to british nationals to french nationals it was crazy there's definitely a difference in tracks so i suggest to anyone that wants to move yeah. up from british nationals and definitely go race in europe because the tracks definitely move up in skill level and it can really test you yeah so with going into europe can you just enter those races like you can the British nationals where if you think you're ready you can go for it yeah well you need to um yeah pretty much for um the IXSs and stuff like that and like French nationals you just need to um get your get your British um race license and then put that in and you should be good to go so yeah that's that's how you well, get on. okay I, I guess like people would only do that if they thought they were capable right yeah, some, yeah. If you think people. if you think you're ready okay. for it, then definitely go for it because you can definitely gain a lot of experience from it. And really, all it is when you're in junior and younger is experience, um, because when you you have to qualify for elite, um, so it's just gaining experience and make sure you do really well um, in the junior category, basically. Yeah. So to get into wor- the World Cups, then you need to be able to apply to British Cycling to get a GB, like to represent great britain and then yeah and then you can enter those races yeah so obviously if you're part of the uci team then you can enter through your team and they'll get you in but if you're not and you're a privateer or in a smaller team um then you can enter through british cycling um and then that's that's your entry and then just when you're racing you have to wear the um the gb jersey but yeah and then obviously for world champs um everyone has to apply through their um through their uh, country. So everyone for world champs who wants to race has to apply through GB. Okay. And do you have to have proved that you're at a certain level to be able to race? Uh, It depends. I don't really think it's proof, but I think they do look at the point system when you apply. Um, And then it just kind of um, depends who else applies. So obviously for people that have maybe raced a few World Cups last year and done quite well, then they um, then they obviously um, are more likely to receive an opportunity. But the thing is with um, jerseys right. is that you have to qualify for, I think it's either two or three races. And if you don't qualify, then you lose the opportunity of having a jersey. So basically you have to qualify, okay. otherwise you can't apply for a jersey anymore. I think it's two or three races. I'm not too sure on that. Um, so yeah, okay. you end up losing your jersey if you don't um, qualify. But that's the only um, really factor that can really stop you. Okay. Right, I think, yeah. So that's what it means when people say they're a privateer, that they've had to do it themselves because they're not part yeah. of the team. That have taken yeah, them so, right. So privateer is like you you still have support, but you don't have a team that takes you out there. So for me, I'm a yeah, privateer okay. because I, I have support from companies, um, but um they don't um like get me to races because I'm not part of a team, if that makes sense. So okay. yeah, when people say yes, they're that privateer, that's sense. that's what it is, yeah. Okay. So you rode one of the French national tracks, you said. Yes, yes, I did. So tell us what was that like then? Well, it was a really, really good experience and it was really good to see kind of what was how how other races run. Obviously it was a bit scary because there was only a few other British people there. 
Um, so just kind of like had to try to stick with them. So I knew what was going on. And then I met um, a few people from New Zealand out there as well. And um, I'm actually um, really close friends with one of them now called Caitlin. So she's like really helped me quite a lot. But definitely during the, the French race, it really helped because I remember when you're at the top, you have to know what time you're coming down and your number in French. Obviously, I, I had absolutely no idea. So uh, they they were the ones that told me that because I had no idea because they were speaking in French. I mean, obviously, because it's a French national, but I had absolutely no idea what was going on. So I was really grateful for the help from them because I was so confused. And I tried to speak to a few French people as well, but they just had no idea what I was saying. So I just looked absolutely <laughs> crazy. So that, that was definitely a bit of a limitation. But um, but don't let us yeah. stop you because there's always you'll always find people out there who are who are really friendly and helpful. So yeah, that that's absolutely amazing <laughs> that you've gone out and done that and that you're capable of doing it, Molly. Like amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm really really happy because the track was definitely like a surprise because obviously from racing British nationals you just kind of expect them all to be a bit like British nationals that track was so different to a British nationals so it was a bit like oh like baffling but no it was it was a really good track what was different about it then I think it was definitely longer um because obviously they have the the advantage of having lots lots more room where they can put tracks on um but yeah. I think another thing was there was just a bit more bit more tech and less of a break because kind of in between the tech sections, uh, a British national, there's kind of bit, bits of breaks. But for the French uh, track, it wasn't really. It was just like like tech after tech after tech after tech. So I think that was definitely one of the things that was like, whoa, this is a very technical track. But I love technical tracks so much. I'd much rather do tech over jumps any day. So I was I was pretty happy with the track. Yeah. So oh, I just think you're amazing. Um, Thank you. What, what sort of preparation and like training goes into like a race season then? Like for you, because I spoke to my friend Jess and she's doing the um, Enduro series this year. But I just wondered for you, like what, because are you at, are you still at school or are you in sixth form? I've forgotten what age I'm in college. Now. I'm that old. So I'm, I'm in, in college. college. Okay. Yeah. What are you doing at college? Um, I do uniform protective services, um, which is basically oh, okay. like, so I want to go into the fire service or the RAF after I'm done with bikes. So that's kind of like what it prepares cool. me for. Oh, that's awesome. So how does biking fit in around college work? Um, so admittedly it is a bit of a stretch, um, because, um, I pay, I'm trying to go to at least do a few world cups next year, but it's so expensive, obviously. Um, so I'm like working most weekends. So, um, I'm quite lucky though. I work as a bike coach. Um, so I still do get to like be surrounded by bikes whilst I'm working, which I'm very lucky to, um, what what do you do? Um, so what? I so do, how, I work at, yeah. I work at 417 Bike Park, um, and I'm basically a mountain bike coach there. Um, so I do the kids clubs and if people want one-to-one coaching, then I coach them, um, basically when they want it. And we do Saturday kids clubs. Um, and we basically just teach, um, the kids the core skills for mountain biking. So they go up in levels. So we start with beginner and go up to, um, intermediate and, um, yeah basically just teach them them through yeah that's so cool I've just done my level one British cycling coaching thing yeah um, yeah I have my British um, cycling level one um but I also did my firecrest course which is really good did it with Ian Warby he's such an amazing coach really really good um really good for races as well so if anyone's looking for an amazing race coach then definitely look check out Ian Warby um but yeah he also does the um things for um kind of like becoming a coach so um that's um who I did mine through which is really beneficial because he really breaks it down on like how to coach people and it's, it's really helpful yeah and you oh, learn I bet a lot that's from so it. good because I yeah I um 
I mean, we were only practicing on the people in the group, but it just felt so nice. And I thought, oh, this would be so nice to do with like younger, like little kids or yeah, like, yeah, no, it adults is good. that want a bit more confidence. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, no, so I mean, I love do that. Coaching, you do that so. on the side. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, I don't know. If I love it. No, that's fine. <laughs> I love it because I just, I get to teach people what I love, which is amazing because I love bikes yeah. and being able to teach people bikes is just a dream for me, basically. So, yeah. I bet you're a really good role model for them as well. Um, yeah. To see like you doing it and you loving it. I bet that yeah. really yeah, well, makes I absolutely think, oh my God, yeah. I want to do this. Yeah. Okay. So you go to college, you do that on your weekends. So how, yeah. Yeah. How does biking fit in? Like, and what so do you have to train? Yeah. So it's quite, um, it's quite a busy schedule to try fit in. I try ride some weekends but obviously like uh saving for um racing and stuff like that is quite pricey but um in the evenings I go gym most evenings um for good session just really good training um and then just kind of like on the bike when I can really but I think um if you can't really get out on the bike as much as you'd like to then gym is definitely a really good alternative obviously don't spend your time all your time training in the gym but um, it's a really good alternative if you kind of can't get out on the bike. Um, it's just really, really helpful. Just to do yeah. a little bit. Obviously, don't like tire out your body and whatever, like again and again and again. But yeah, it's good to good to put in a few gym sessions. Really helps with the training. Do you follow a plan or do you just? Like, yeah, yeah. So I have gym? a training plan. Um, so I have a um, a fitness coach, Chris Pageant Mart, who helps us um, out which is really good. Um, he helps me and my teammate Kieran Calver out, um, which is really, really helpful. Um, we kind of go for him for fitness and he puts us together a training plan. Um, definitely makes us work hard, but um, yeah, yeah, all worth it. So really good. That's so good. So you have to have so much dedication then, don't you, to want to yeah. succeed yeah, at it's racing? Yeah, lo- it's a lot of dedication. There's been so many times where I'm like lying in bed and I'm like, I really don't want to go gym. <laughs> But like you've just kind of got to like force yeah. yourself to go. So yeah. Yeah. And what was it like doing all the riding and stuff when you were actually in school, like before college? In school, it was quite difficult um, because like racing and getting away was just quite, quite hard. Um, but I I got really lucky with my school. During my PE slots, they let me ride bikes. So I was able to get out on my bike, which I was really lucky with. But that's because I didn't play netball yeah. or cricket or anything. So I wasn't really needed for that. Um, so that was really good. But it is quite difficult to juggle because obviously in year 11, you do your GCSEs. So it is quite difficult to juggle that along with bikes and racing. Um, so yeah. that is a bit difficult, but there's definitely ways around it and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sounds like it takes some real dedication and a lot of like full-on stuff yeah. where you don't yeah it's definitely really very full-on if you want to yeah if you want to if you want to go pro and go big in the sport it's definitely a lot of dedication but all the dedication will pay off so it's definitely worth it so what what's your goal molly like where do you want to get to i well where do i, I want to be a world cup racer um i want to like be frequently riding world cups um racing world cups traveling all over the world racing my bike basically and that that's my dream that's what I want to want to try get to that's so that's awesome I bet your dad is so proud of you Um, yeah yeah he's very supportive of me yeah I love that so hey it's me just a cheeky little interruption here to remind you to go over to the website and sign up to the newsletter give me a follow on socials at girls on wheels podcast and if you're enjoying this head over to podchaser.com and leave me a raving review as it helps me so much and i really appreciate it now back to the episode what what are you doing this year then like yeah what are you doing racing wise so this year for me i'm gonna try and um, do a few pierce races if i can because they're really good just to like boost you and get you back into racing um really good races um i'm gonna do the british national series um and um i'm gonna try fit in uh, at least one world cup if i can 
Um, just because I think it's good to get the experience in ready for um, second year junior when I move up. Um, just so I know what's going on. I know what, what I'm doing. So I'm planning on um, hopefully doing lens or hide. And if I can afford any more, then I'll try do a few more. But, um, but yeah, that's the plan for this year, hopefully. So you'll go and ride that, that full track at lens or hide? Yeah, hopefully that's the plan. So how do you, for anyone listening then, and how the hell do you overcome like the fear and the the nerves and all of that to do to do something like that like how I think how do you do that Molly it's always there and it will the the nerves and the fear will always be there but the nerves just help you push your riding and for a track like Val de Sol you listen to like the pros and like the boys and the girls and like all of them speak and even they're scared of the track. So I think what you've got to remember when racing, it doesn't matter if you're racing a pierce, if you're racing the, like a go ride race or a world cup, everyone has nerves and everyone's nervous of the track and you're all thinking the same thing. It's just, no one really wants to say it because no one wants to be the one to be like, Oh, I'm really nervous. But for nerves, for me, I always listen to music before I go up to the hill. Music is definitely a big part for me um and like when I'm like just normally riding my bike I listen to music as well um and then as I'm going down the track I I sing a song and I know this Mm. is very different for other people I know because other people like to focus on what's going on on the track and what's coming up next but for me I ride it better if I'm like I spoke about earlier if I'm not over analyzing the track um so for me if I sing a song and basically completely forget that I'm racing a race it definitely helps me and singing uh helps with your breathing as well as crazy as it sounds but you kind of remember to breathe and a really good thing that um Ian taught me is that before you drop in for anything take a deep breath out because otherwise you hold your breath and if you hold your breath then you're not breathing properly then you lose your breathing and then you get all muddled up in your head so definitely a big thing is take a, like take a deep breath out before you go into something and it will definitely help, which is the most simple bit of information that helps so well, which I think is just mind blowing. Yeah, awesome. yeah, I guess you do hold your breath when you're nervous as well, don't yeah, you? And then, yeah, 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 um, completely. You get you get all scared and then hold your breath. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, I've got no oxygen and then your brain stops. Yeah, working. and then you panic um, and then, yeah, think too much. Molly, what song do you sing? Oh, it definitely depends. It depends how I'm feeling. Um, Don't Stop Me Now is a very good one. I quite like that one, only because I know every word. So I quite like that one. But yeah, it just kind it's of... It's quite fitting um, as well, isn't it? Yeah, it just kind of depends on how I'm feeling. Um, depends on what I what I listen to before the race. But, um, but yeah, I try okay. to always do one that I know all the words, because if I slip up on the words, then I panic panic more about the fact that I slip up on the words <laughs> so yeah <laughs> not what you yeah not these <laughs> massive things that you're doing just yeah. like oh no I've, yeah. I've missed a lyric not where Damn. I was what's going on forget about that yeah forget about that 50 foot drop that I've just yeah, that done doesn't or matter. whatever it matters that I yeah. forgot the lyric <laughs> oh yeah. my god I love that that's that's amazing um someone told me to sing to take my mind off like what's yeah, happening yeah it helps but it works my brain goes blank like I'll sing all the time but then when I need to find a song I can't find one so I go to Nelly the Elephant and then I'll I always that do that I always forget myself. what song I'm singing and then I end up on the wrong song and then I end up on something like Dominic the Donkey the Christmas song which is quite frankly one of the most annoying songs <laughs> ever but I always end up on it. And then I'm like, now I'm racing down to Dominic the Donkey and I'm getting all confused and I don't know what's going on. So, yeah. I love that. I think people are going to like watch your videos of you racing and think she's she's actually singing Dominic the Donkey there. I sing it, like, I sing it out loud as well. I'm, I'm quite... Um, because I really do just forget about everything that's going on around me and I'm I'm very <laughs> I know for people that do race practice with me first run down the hill I am probably one of the most craziest people you will meet I know quite a few of my friends have followed me like Imirav she follows me down quite a lot on the first run of the day 
And honestly, I'm just, I'm screaming. I'm like screaming. I'm shouting. I'm singing to myself. <laughs> I'm talking to her. And she has absolutely no idea what I'm saying because she's, she's back on the <laughs> track somewhere. She's probably stopped for a break and I'm at the bottom still singing, thinking she's behind me. It's chaos doing yeah. like a first practice run with me because I'm just all over the place and like following my lines <laughs> on first run of the day. <laughs> Don't bother because you'll get as lost as I do. There's been so many times when I've gone up to a section <laughs> and literally been like, I'm lost. I know there's a video of me at one of the Pierce races. It's Kingsham. It was my second Pierce race and I actually ended up winning it. But they changed the section and I didn't know. And I remember they came up to it and there's a video of me going, where the fuck am I going? And someone had to shout to me where I was going because I had absolutely no idea. It's, it's carnage, honestly. I love it. I love making it like just race practice, like all over the place. You definitely discover more lines if you're, if you're all over the place, I find. If you're singing and shouting random stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shouting at people back at the track who have just shouted at you. You just gotta, gotta go for it, really. Oh, I love it. I love how, how like happy and, excited you are when you're talking about it it obviously yeah, I love it yeah makes you very very happy that's so cool um so you know when you're at the world cup races um yeah do the pros like do you ever do you do the track walk with the pros and so for me I haven't done a world cup yet so but I I was at Leger um for world champs and I watched it and I did do a track walk um with my friend Bethany um just to like give her a few pointers and like help her out with with lines because I come up with some of the the weirdest lines you like literally ever they're so weird (laughs) I I make a completely new different track but you, you definitely see them around everyone's really friendly so there's no like there's no stopping you from just like saying hi and they'll say hi back. Like there's no, um, like obviously I was out in Morzine for a bit. So I met quite a lot of them out in Morzine. Um, but they're all really friendly. I'm yet to meet someone that, that isn't friendly and everyone's quite, um, quite like happy to have a chat and whatever. Um, obviously as long as they're not busy yeah. doing something, but yeah, everyone's really happy to sit down and have a chat and talk, talk to you about bikes. So yeah, everyone, everyone on the circuit's really friendly, which is, awesome yeah that sounds really cool who are your like role models then molly Mm, that's a bit of a difficult question because i don't really have any like in the um like at the moment racing um i have like obviously like there's a few people where like i've seen i'm like that is the coolest thing ever that's awesome but like there's not really anyone who like like who's racing in the elites and whatever um who I'd really say is like uh obviously they're all like inspirations to me and I love watching them ride and things like that but um I think I think they're all just cool it's quite hard to pick but um my my friend actually Amy Kenyon is quite a big um role model and inspiration for me because she just like she she'll crash so many times in a track and then she'll just get back up and like place third in like the world cup or something like that like Fort William she came third in it in her first year junior she just absolutely smashed it out of the park and yeah it's insane watching her race so yeah she's she's awesome yeah yeah it must be really nice to like be friends with people like that that inspire you to yeah yeah to do what you're doing and make it yeah everyone's really friendly and I'm I'm yet to meet like like one of the girls that hasn't been like go for it like they all just like really inspire you and help you as much as you can and I think that's the the nice thing about it, it it would be incredible to get more girls racing but obviously with the category that we have at the moment in the UK everyone knows everyone so it's kind of like everyone's really supportive so there's no there's no stress no one's judging you and um it's just yeah. really, it's quite down to earth so which is really really good it's it's a really nice like environment to be in and I, I know um at, <laughs> at Res National the whole way up in the uplift um me and the girls were were singing um like proper like <laughs> wannabe by the Spice Girls blasting out and I remember the uplift driver putting it through his radio yeah. everyone down at the bottom of the venue was looking up at us in the uplift bus because we were so loud while singing it was it was incredible oh. there, there definitely sets the vibes when you're with when you're with good people for your race run 
Yeah, definitely. Um, from your point of view, then, what could be done to get to make it easier for girls to race? Have you got any thoughts on that? Yes, I think that's um, a really, really good point. I think a lot of girls, I know I mentioned it quite early on, you get worried about what other people are doing. I remember my first few races, I got so stressed about having like people behind me and stuff like that. But I think what you need to remember is that it's your race too. And like people can shout rider at you and all you can do is move out the way and obviously move out the way when you can, but no one's asking you to like move out the way in a jump or whatever. And if they are, then they're just inconsiderate and should appreciate that yeah. other people are also racing too. But I think it's just one of those things where like you're like, if you don't start, you're never going to get into it. You've got to have a starting yeah. point. Like I remember at Brinchwood at my first race, I was so nervous and so scared about having people behind me and like what people thought of me. But then, like, as soon as I got on that track for my race run, like, all of those, like, thoughts just disappeared. And it, like, it really just didn't matter. And it doesn't matter if you have someone behind you because you can just, you can only move, like I said, when when you can. But just remember that it's your race too. So as much as they're telling you to get out of the way and stuff like that, you've got to appreciate, they've got to appreciate and serve you that you need to focus on the track as well. So I think it's just one of those things where, like, um, I know, like, like girls appreciate it so much when people just aren't rude about getting us to move out of the way especially my biggest pet hate is when someone will tell you shout rider at you to get out of the way and then you catch them up and you're like what was the point in shouting rider if you're just gonna like <laughs> get in the way anyway slow me down like if you're going through a section and you're taking it easy or something, and someone comes bashing it through because they've already done it, and you're like, okay, fair enough, I'll let them go, and then you catch up with them. You're like, well, what was the point in that? Like some people put on like a huge show, and then like, like it's like they just put people down for no reason. And I think another bit of advice yeah. that I can give is that like everyone has different goals and everyone has different things to achieve. Like some people may do a five foot jump and think it's the biggest achievement of their life, which is incredible. And you do you, if you think that was a brilliant achievement, then use it to improve, like boast about it all you want, share it to the world. And then other people would do like a 50 foot jump and obviously they'll share it. And I think the the internet is definitely a very negative place for people on bikes and I think like all genders, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Um, and I, I know, I remember once I posted a video of me doing a drop at the Forest of Dean and some guy commented in German. I had to go over to Google Translate to get this. He said, my gran could ride a bike better. And I was just like, oh. like what? Like I was like, I wasn't even mad about right, it. Yeah. I just laughed. I just laughed at it. Cause I was like, you really took the time for this. Like it's been, like these people take time out of their day to comment negativity. So all you can do yeah. is not take time of your day to acknowledge it. And I just think that like all these people like hide behind the screen, say stuff, but then can't do what you're doing anyways. So there's no point. Just take your achievements as they come, share about them, shout about them. It doesn't matter if it's like a, huge achievement for anyone else because it's your achievement so it doesn't really matter what how it affects other people or if it does affect other people because it's your achievement so yeah that's definitely something to keep in mind yeah that's great advice um is that how you sort of cope with social media and navigate it yeah social media can definitely get a little bit negative I think now well now I am at a level where people don't really like make comments anymore but I remember when I was first getting into it and people were just like, they just like comment the most random stuff on your Instagram. It was like, you really took the time out of your day to put someone down. When, what did you gain from it? Like, I get everyone's entitled mm. to their opinion and sharing it. But sometimes one's opinion is better kept to themselves. And I just like, remember, I was so put off by it at first. And so like, oh my God, I'm just not, not doing this anymore. And then I realized that it really doesn't matter what other people think as long as you're having fun and as long as you're improving. Because, like I said, milestones can be huge or small. So it really doesn't matter. And I think overcoming people, just post what you want. And if they don't like it, then they're still giving you likes and views. So they're, they're the clowns, really, because you're still yeah. getting the views from them. So either way, they're, they're, yeah, they're I guess losing. It, yeah. And they're still engaging with your post, which makes yeah, it popular. Yeah, which so, yeah. makes it bigger, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you've got such a level head, Molly. I think that's really good because social <laughs> media you. these days is is insane. Um, yeah, some people like can be horrible me, and there's no need for it. Yeah. 
No, like for me, because I'm ancient. Um, <laughs> okay, that like, was only at my dad. That was only at my dad. I know. <laughs> I know, but when you get over 35, you take offence <laughs> to any sort of information that you're old because you're like, I'm not old. I'm still young. <laughs> um, but I... I was fortunate enough to grow up without any sort of social media and it wasn't until yeah. my early 20s that Facebook came in. So I didn't have to go through those younger years, like yeah. a, you know, young person, teenager, young adult with with the light like on social yeah. media with any yeah, sort of Yeah, it definitely helps, but you've definitely got the spotlight on you at times. So yeah. Yeah. But fair, fair play for having such a level head. And I think that's really, really good advice to just do your own thing and celebrate your achievements don't compare to anybody else yes yeah. we're all at different yeah. places yeah I ended up um, I ended up doing that quite yeah, a lot I'd like, scroll through my explore page and I'd see a girl my age hitting something like huge and I'm like just sat in bed and I'm like why aren't I on my bike right now and it'll be like 11 p.m at night and I'm like I should be hitting this right now and then I'm like <laughs> like what am I doing like I, I hit my own stuff at my own pace yeah. and I'm still improving so there's no point in putting pressure on myself to catch up with other people so yeah so all you yeah. can do is improve for yourself yeah definitely um I'd be really interested is there still stuff that scares you Molly like what's your what's your the thing that takes you the most effort to like get overcome um yes obviously there's stuff that still scares me quite big time um I think for me I still struggle with gap jumps quite a bit and I don't really know why I do because i I've hit so much stuff like that it I don't even know why it bothers me but I think it's always in really a race aspect I just look at it and I'm like I'm racing so I'm not gonna hit that and it's gonna make me slower and then my brain's like oh yeah okay that's cool and then I like don't actually end up hitting it because I've told myself that it's okay if I don't hit it when it's not I should be hitting it so I think gap jumps I definitely still struggle with a little bit but um that's just like taking time to work on it and stuff like that and I think if you put yourself in a different situation, like you can put yourself in a race situation and race situations always definitely do get you over stuff a lot quicker because you know that you need the time for it. But I have a really bad habit of hitting stuff in my race run and it's actually quite dangerous. So don't do what I do because I won't hit something in practice because <laughs> I'll be too scared for it. And then I hit it in my race run and one, I'll figure out how easy it was and how I just needed to do it in the first place because I could be working on a different part of the track. And two, it's just really dangerous because you don't know the outcome of it. So just don't do what I do and hit it in practice because you'll do so much better if you do that. Yeah. So how? what are the steps that you would take to like try and get yourself over a feature that was scaring you? So to get myself over a feature, it doesn't always work, but I always do try to use like a three to five rule. Like you have one run in to see how it goes and then try hit it. If it doesn't work, then you can go up and give yourself another go. And then if it doesn't work again, then leave it. But if you think you can keep on, if you think you've really got it, then go for it. Then just keep on going for as many times as you need. But if after three, you're kind of second guessing yourself and not like, yeah, I've 100% got this, then walk away from it. Because if if you're struggling with something, the best thing you can do, as crazy as it sounds, is obviously try it. And if it doesn't work out, then walk away. Because... If, you're, if yeah. you second guess yourself, even for a second, then it's likely you're going to come off the bike when doing it or have an accident on the bike when doing it. So I think the best thing you can do yeah. is just, if you even second guess yourself just the tiniest bit, then just walk away and try again like another time because there's nothing stopping you from trying it again in an hour or a year. The like, it, You can always come back to it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it? Because... Yeah, it will always be there, won't it? So you yeah. don't have to, if you're not feeling it. Yeah, you don't then, have to pressure yourself yeah, to don't hit anything. put yourself under that pressure. Yeah, that's really good, I guess. Yeah, um, that's really great advice, Molly. Um, I'm just sorry, I'm just looking at like that, that. That Dovey drop thing. I mean, I've been, I've ridden at Dovey once and only did the yeah. super swooper, which was amazing. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm riding here. But I know some of my friends when I looked at that drop and I've seen some videos of it and it is just yeah. monstrous. Like, did did it scare you or is that well within your capabilities and you were just like, okay, I'm a bit scared, but I'm going to do it? Like, I think that was... How was um, it? 
It was kind of, so I hit that in January and I kind of only had like a few months on the bike, um, like getting used to my downhill bike. And another thing was just that I had a 500 pound coil on. Now, obviously that's way too heavy for me. I've now got the right coil on. I've got 375 on at the moment, which is really good for me. But I was just, I was um, quite struggling with things because I didn't have the right coil on. So just always make sure your bike is like set up right because I know people can use a bike for an excuse, but sometimes the bike actually is the is the reason. Um, but for me, hitting yeah. that drop, it did scare me a little bit, but I think I, I knew I could do it. And obviously I did it. So that's what I mean when like, but I didn't second guess myself. It wasn't a feature where I was sat there thinking, can I actually do it? It was a feature where I knew I could do it. I just needed a few run-ups to do it. And it's crazy. Sometimes you'll look at something in your mind will be like, oh, I've got that easy. And you hit it first run. Because I remember the drop further up uh, on Oakley, the smaller one, as you go run in. I remember I got that literally first run in. And even I was a bit shocked by that. And I, I went with somebody else and I had to phone my dad to ask if I could do it because just to make sure, make sure I'd be good to do it. So I had to do that. Um, mm, yeah. And then, and then I remember, cause obviously I was at W it was last run of the day and Dan Atherton came down to sweep the track and I was like, Oh, well I've got to do it now. Haven't I? Because Dan Atherton's watching me. So yeah, I did he's end watching. up, he, yeah, he gave <laughs> he gave me some advice on it, which really helped. He told me like not to pedal into it too much and things like that, which definitely helped because if I would have pedaled into that, I would have gone absolutely flying, which would not have been helpful um so yeah um yeah everyone everyone has like uh nerves and like things but like I said before if you if you second guess yourself a lot then then walk away from the feature and come back but if you know in the back of your mind that you can do it it's just a confidence thing then then just go for it because you will get it and it doesn't matter like if it takes long because like you're still gonna get it so yeah yeah that's great it's been um I've learned so much from our chat, Molly. So thank you for explaining like all of that. And I'm sure that there'll be loads of people listening going, ah, now I get it. Um, And I think it just shows like how, how incredible you're doing that you're aiming to get into, you know, to go and ride some of these crazy tracks on the World Cup circuit. Like, I just think that's absolutely amazing. I watch it on telly and I'm like, oh my god I you know in another life maybe not this life yeah I just think it's incredible um I really really do yeah so yeah I reckon anyone young younger that wants to get into racing is going to listen to this and think yeah I'm I'm gonna give it a go it sounds like a real supportive because yeah you'll you'll start picking people up as well I'm I'm lucky enough to be supported by quite a few brands which are like super nice to me and like really helpful I'm supported by Truly, DMR, Stans, um, Saddleback and 417 Bike Park Um, I ride for their fly-up team which is really really helpful I ride with my teammate Karen Calver um, and I think it's just about starting small and moving up like ride concepts that I have for this year as well, which is really good. And you'll gain like attention and support as you go for it. And I think it's just it's just about taking the time because you'll get noticed. And if those people believe in you enough to put their products into you and their sponsorship into you, then you should believe in yourself because you're the only person who can get yeah. you over things. And it's just belief, belief in yourself and you'll get there. Because if people underestimate you, then uh, that's their problem. You don't need everyone's support to do something. If you personally feel like you can do it yourself, then just just go for it. Because you shouldn't let anyone's opinion hold you back. And if they're doubting you, then that's for them to doubt you. They should let you do it and let you let you go for it, basically. That's awesome. You're such a, yeah, you're such an incredible girl, Molly. Like, thank you. Good on you. I can't wait to see what you do. Will you come on this podcast in like a year's time and we'll talk about what you've achieved in Yeah, happily. I'd love to. Love to be back. Yeah. Well, I'll follow you and see what what you get up to. Um, Just to end each podcast then, I ask guests like a few quick, quickish questions. Um, that you might have heard if you've heard that heard some of the other ones so do you have a mountain bike crush a mountain bike crush oh oh um (laughs) amro piron it's gotta be gotta be amro piron yeah easily (laughs) 
and yeah yeah Yeah, it didn't take you long to think of that okay yeah it didn't have to think about that one at all (laughs) you got a poster of him on your wall no I should though I'll get my whole room redecorated with just him (laughs) put put him his face on some wallpaper yeah I'll get on the t-shirt so when I go when I go to the world cups I can put on my fan support t-shirt and wear it going down the track (laughs) oh I love that um where's your favorite place to ride favorite place to ride um obviously out in Morzine because that that's incredible um Forest of Dean and 417 Bike Park yeah they're all really good spots um so yeah but there's there's some really good spots in the UK so yeah yeah, I like I like Forest of Dean as well. I probably don't ride what you ride though, but I like the <laughs> I like the things that I play around on. Um if you could I mean yeah, you've probably got everything dialed to be fair, but if you could wave a wand and get like a skill immediately, like a mountain bike skill, what would it be? Yeah. Um it would definitely be the ability and the skill to just um hit stuff straight away because like I said with that like some some stuff just plays on my mind way too much so like unlimited confidence and like just go for it that that would definitely be why what, what I go for yeah yeah that's a good one actually because then yeah you'd be great at everything wouldn't you um yeah so you're a downhiller do downhillers wear padded shorts padded shorts what like like the the, the small shorts yeah, like you know, the, in, the like, like line yeah, of underneath. Yeah, well, I think some people do. I know I definitely need to start wearing them because, like, the amount of bruises I get, I bruise really easily. So it always looks like I've been like beaten up as soon as I come back from a ride because, like, if I've hit something, then like I'm bruised everywhere. But um, yeah, under underneath the trousers, um, I know like um, different places have uh, like different riding races have different rules for what you have to wear so at world cups you have to wear chest plate elbow pads um things like that and like over in france when you're racing you have to wear a chest plate have to wear elbow pads um but in the uk for british nationals and for pierce cycles races just a full face helmet and knee pads and then gloves um so you don't like have to ride with a chest plate or um things like that but i definitely suggest it it would definitely help if you like ride with a chest plate and elbow pads just stop you from getting battered and bruised yeah because it's inevitable that you come off isn't it and yeah yeah, yeah. as much protection as you can god i'd be like yeah, wrapping myself wrap up in bubble wrap <laughs> yeah. if, I, if i did what you did i'd be coming down like some sort of like the michelin man but in <laughs> bubble wrap I wouldn't do it. I would. I would die, Molly, if I followed you down. Some of the stuff that you do, we should. I we would... should sometime. We'll go to Ford no. sometime. And we'll, we'll go for it. We'll go for it. <laughs> I don't. But I'm saying no because I'm already scared of the idea of it. <laughs> but if you think you make noise coming down a track, oh my god! Yeah, I think we. I think we I... have brilliant fun coming down a track. Can you imagine it? Mate, actually, Molly, you could. Everywhere. You could. Um. Yeah. Take. Because I'm already thinking of a few of the people that would laugh their heads off as well and be very, very noisy. Maybe you could like take us all down some of the FOD tracks and we could... Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, see, I reckon we could have start band with the noises we'd make. Yeah. Honestly, we well, should I'm turn think- this podcast into a Spotify band and <laughs> with the noises we'd make, it'd be great. Screeches when you're riding. I'm thinking of my friend Lib, <laughs> who just she constantly makes noises but yeah it's it's almost like it can help you get over things if you're making a noise yeah it can um, because you're thinking about how much of a racket you're making so yeah or singing um the donkey thing whatever that was yeah um, <laughs> don't listen to that song it's so addictive what's it called doris the donkey dominic dominic the oh, donkey dominic. I'm, I'm warning you now don't do it i'm gonna have um, to because i'm not quite a... sure what it means um <laughs> it's a warning i have warned you okay um this leads on to when someone does something really cool on their bike like what's your go-to heckle and shout what do you oh uh I have I have an array honestly I just I'm very very loud as you've probably gathered so just (laughs) anything basically I will literally just scream Um, yeah (laughs) clapping clapping comes out a lot I'm a very loud clapper so that's always a good one um just yeah just screaming really basically is, is what I go yeah. 
<laughs> any sort of loud noise whatever that might yeah, be Yeah, pretty much just whatever whatever that whatever the mood is really yeah something I I know sometimes when I've done something on a trail and people are in front of me I'll like scream but a happy scream like yeah I've done yeah. it and then yeah and then people think I've fallen off yeah like are you yeah. okay and and you're like, like yeah yeah sorry just yeah just shouting like, at people yeah. that don't exist on the track yeah <laughs> or singing um yeah <laughs> okay what what is one tip you would give to someone that want that is new in mountain biking like, not just to race. Um, I think, like, I, like I've said, like I've said before, just don't don't worry about what other people think because everyone progresses in their own time. Everyone and the people who judge you are mainly people that hide behind a screen and actually can't do what you're doing themselves. And even if they can do it themselves, then they can't do what other people are doing. They just hide behind a screen. So I think, and even if people are judging you in person, then who cares? Everyone in the sport should be really inclusive of everyone because everyone's trying. And at one point in your life, you were them trying and trying it out and new. And I'm sure as hell they wouldn't have judged you when you're doing it. So just just let let people do do their thing when they're riding bikes, really. Yeah, that's wicked. Um, and lastly, because I'm always calling myself a squid because um, <laughs> crap. Well, I call myself a squid sometimes. Don't worry. Yeah. So everyone, if, everyone if does it. Uh, well, yeah. I think yeah. Our, our squids are probably miles apart. <laughs> but um, what what noise do you think a squid would make? What noise do I think a squid would make? Hmm, that's a good question. Hmm, I'm actually not too sure. <laughs> uh, hmm. Oh God, you really got me thinking with that one. <laughs> Um, you know, the only sound that is playing through my head right now is sexual healing. That is the only song that's going through my head right now. And I have no idea why a squid would make that noise. <laughs> what noise? I have no idea what? why. No, sexual what? healing, the song. Do you know the song that I'm on about? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, noise. Yeah. For some reason. That's what I'm thinking about. That's the noise I think a squid would make. Go on, say I it out. Do, do it out loud. Do it out loud. What, what well, bit it's of the, the song do you think? Hey, me. I can't take the sun and sun. I don't actually know the word sexual <laughs> healing, baby. <laughs> Something like that. That's Nothing amazing. That's good for you. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I can see that how it's like bobbling around in the sea. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. By next year, oh. I'll sing you the whole song. But by, uh, okay, by the yeah. end of this year, next podcast, I'll sing you the whole song. I love that, Molly. That, that'll be my that'll be my song when going down the track. Now yes. you you've done. No, that's a bad thing. That's a terrible song to write to. <laughs> Not as good as them. Um, what, what's the other one? What was the one you do sing? Don't stop me now. That was the good. That's one. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Every, Maybe okay, people already look at me healing. like I'm crazy when I go down the hill. Can you imagine if I was singing sexual healing while I was going down the hill? Everyone would be like, what is going on? She's singing <laughs> slow smooth to get down the track. Yeah, I need, I need one definitely... of those huge like stereos to like blast it, blast it out. Have it attached it to my handlebars. Yeah, well, you're not allowed to listen to music when riding down the track. So I may as well just attach a speaker to my, uh, to my bike Aww. and blast it. Well, so funny. You need to let me know if you do end if that song ends up popping into if your head. If I do head. end up singing it, yeah, yeah, it will now. Watch. Let me We're know. This in April, and it will it will end up being being that. That's so funny. I might send you a message just before and say, "Don't sing sexual healing," <laughs> and then I'll end so up singing in your head. It. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely oh molly it's been so nice to talk to you um i've really it's enjoyed been amazing to talk to you too um, thank you for having me yeah i think i love your energy and i just love how passionate you are about racing and like fair play to you like i love that you know you've got your your eyes set on the world cups and i just can't wait to see yeah. what you get up to and yeah come back on it in a year and we'll talk about what you've achieved that would be amazing yeah and i'll sing you the whole song Yes, yeah, we'll have a rendition of sexual healing. I'll get the mu- I'll get the music ready. So you can yeah, it'll be great. Bit. We'll blast yeah. it super loud. It's been, yeah, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, Molly. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. It's been good to speak to you too. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Girls on Wheels. If you enjoyed it, please head over to podchaser.com and leave me a review. And don't forget to tell all your mates. If you've got any comments or want to get in touch, head over to my socials and drop me a message as I love hearing from you guys. I hope that by listening to this today, it's made you want to get out and ride your bike.